Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. Yay! Hello, hello, thank you, thank you for being here. Wow, I didn't... Hey, you're here too! Let's give it up for that band. so much. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I swear that band gets better every week. Every episode, they get better. That is the Farmer John and the I Love Bacon Band. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're awesome. You're so awesome. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. Here we are, episode 30. Holy cow. (laughs) If you had said to me 30 weeks ago, uh, that you're going to get to 30 and it's going to feel like nothing. I wouldn't have believed me since I would have been the one saying that to myself or you, if you had said that to me, but here we are episode 30 and truly I can't believe it. Thank you for being here and being part of it. And if you're a first time listener, this is a weird one to be a first time listener on only by the title of the episode, but Hey, you know, everybody's got their thing. So if this is your first episode, I usually don't say this, but I highly, highly encourage you to go and start with the episode before this one, only because they go hand in hand, like eggs and bacon and Abraham and Lincoln and, you know, left and right and up and down. So, you know, it's just my suggestion. But if you choose to have this one as your first, welcome aboard this, oh, crazy uh, stream of consciousness journey of a trans woman. And for those longtime listeners, hey, welcome back. Thanks for being here. You help make the show, and I want you to know that I know that. All right, enough of this, enough of this. Uh, Last episode, as I just briefly mentioned, it's the first part of the conversation with Caitlin G., and it went very, very well. Uh, I I will say, in hindsight, the first probably, I don't know, about half hour or so, maybe 45 minutes, we uh, were still warming up to each other because we had never really met or talked. So the first uh, beginning of last week's episode probably moved a little slower, but that means good news for this episode, because we're going to start it basically right where we left off. But before we get to the second part of the episode, I just want to say, and I've said this before, and if you've heard it before, maybe skip through this 15 seconds, 30 seconds, it was so amazing to essentially meet Caitlin, because... We all, as trans people, have that feeling of being alone, and most of our, most recently in history, we we were told, no, you're not alone. And and I realized we're not alone probably about 15 years or so ago when I got on the internet and noticed that there were stories and pictures and things of people similar to me, but nobody I could specifically identify with. Well, Caitlin, (laughs) she is basically the exact same story as myself with a few different things here and there because we're all different individuals 
But the only difference is three months of age and 2,000 some odd miles and a few other individual stories, as I mentioned. So, Caitlin, I'm so glad that you are, I can call you a friend now. You've been on my show. It's just awesome. So, thank you. Thank you. You, specifically, you confirmed the fact that I know I am not alone. And that's mostly because we're the exact same age, minus three months, and had so many different experiences with culture and society that helped us, or not helped us, but pushed us back into the closet. So meeting you was a great confirmation for me that uh, I'm not alone and that this is the right journey for me. And of course, you, since we talked for two odd hours. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, you can find all past episodes, including last week's episodes. And well, it's iTunes and Stitcher and all those regular places you find it. But the website is changes in latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. And all the links you'd ever need for any podcast is going to be there. We have the RSS link, iTunes and Stitcher. We have, Oh, we have an audience survey. So you can tell us how we're doing. We also have an Amazon link, an Amazon affiliate link. So anytime you want to shop at Amazon, go to our website first, click on that link, shop as you usually would, and literally a few pennies from Amazon come back to us. You don't notice the difference. The pricing is going to stay the same for you no matter what. But we get a few pennies and it helps us out. So that's really cool if you could do that. And then if that's not your thing, we also have a PayPal donate button if you are so inclined. And, you know, you can either donate a flat dollar amount like, you're, you know, I'm going to give you $10 or $20 or be creative. Maybe go to your you know, local shoe store and donate the dollar amount of a pair of shoes. You know, I'm going to buy Sabrina a pair of shoes. Maybe not literally, but monetarily. And if you want me to go buy shoes, then fine, I'll go buy shoes. You just tell me what. <laughs> or some, you know, some clothing or, 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 hey, if you are into alcohol, you know, if that's your thing. Some people aren't. Some people are. <laughs> if that's your thing, buy me a drink or two. Go, go find out the cost of a drink at a bar or, you know, like a six-pack of beer or a bottle of wine or something and donate that dollar amount. Whatever you want to do, I'm happy with because you're helping me. So, enough of that. Lastly, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I do not have one for the show, but I do have a Twitter for myself, but I don't really use it unless somebody tweets at me. It's at SabrinaMiller41. And then you can find that at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. And now I think it's just about time for Farmer John and the I Love Bacon Band to send us into the next segment with some music. Take it away. All right, here we are in the main topic of this particular episode. It's the second half of my conversation with Caitlin G. And uh, if you are listening from last week's episode, I kind of rolled back the interview. Oh, I think it was about two minutes, minute and a half, somewhere in there, uh, just to kind of get back into the conversation without an abrupt jump. <laughs> so the first minute or two is going to be a repeat from last week to get you into this week. Now, without any further delay, let's go. Did you get any flack? No, not at all. Actually, the people have been really supportive. You know, uh, for the, the longest time, I still used when I came out at work. I still used the uh, the male bathroom, and then it was like even though you were I, presenting female. 
even though I was presenting female. Wow. Okay. And it was actually the people I worked with that were like, um, especially this this one girl that I worked really closely with. Um, she's just like, you know, just one day, you know, I got back from the bathroom and, you know, she was just kind of like, you need to start going to the other one. And then I, that was we talked about it and and I've been using it ever since and no one ever says anything or you know there's uh you know hasn't been any like uncomfortable coworker or you know it's just I'm just another woman using the bathroom that's that's perfect i love i love pro trans work stories that's the best that's just the best because I mean, as I've said in my show, I'm you know I'm the stay-at-home parent right now, so I don't have a you know go-to-work per se thing. Uh, but when our child is old enough to start doing things and attending, you know, uh, either school, formal school, or some sort of you know preschool sort of thing, I'm gonna look to see if there's something I can do to bring in something just to have a little extra whatever. But I know I'm gonna be able to do like what maybe eight hours a week. So it's not a, it's a job, but it's not a job where you, you know, you're spending eight or nine hours there or more if there's overtime involved. So yeah, I, when I hear positive stories about, you know, business places like that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. They, I, you know, it was like, uh, I, I remember the day I came out, uh, I was, uh, at my computer and, uh, my boss happened to be at his computer and, and I just was, I just remember being at a place because like I was so happy because I was transitioning. I was on hormones. I was, uh, but I was still doing the male mode at work. And how, how long have you been on, uh, on HRT? I've been on HRT now for 14 months. Oh, just over a year. Congratulations. Congratulations. So, so you started that knowing that you would transition, you know, much later as 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 they did their job, as said. Yeah, especially you know, with the being older, you know, it takes us longer. Right, to... it takes a little more time. Darn testosterone. Yep. But I, 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 I've said this before, the journey you've had to get you here is part of what got you here, so you can't really turn your back on it or say it's horrible because you wouldn't be here without it? Well, that's kind of like uh, something I would like to bring up. You know, it's like um, I see all these trans people who like to diss or um, almost act like the – the maleness never happened, you know. Yeah, I've um, seen that too. I've seen that too. You know, like, um, like they'll say uh, I was born instead of, you know, saying I I was born male or, you know, I was born a baby. You know, like they totally can't accept that that they were born male. And right, right, and I, I I can understand with certain conversations. If you're talking to, to somebody that doesn't know you are trans, you're not out to them. You don't necessarily have to give yourself out. You know, you don't have to say that. You can choose to say child. You can choose to say baby. You can choose to say whatever. You know, when I was a little child instead of little boy or. You know, for for the trans men out there saying that you were a little girl, you know, you can say you were a child or something. I, I can understand that just so there's no questions involved. But if there's somebody that 
you know, you've got history with before you transitioned, they've got memories just as you do of you being in boy mode, we'll call it. So don't diss those facts because those memories for those friends are why you're friends and why they're still so, so supportive. So don't, 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 don't forget that, you know, just realize that that's part of the journey. Exactly. It's just like we're the same people. You know, it's like a lot of my friends acted like when I told them or came out to them, you know, like I was dying or something. Like they were losing. I had one. I had a couple people like that. Yeah. Where like you're still the same person, just certain aspects are going to change and certain aspects are going to be different now that, that you're out. But, you know, you still like the same things. You still like to do the same things. You know, it's just there's some things added. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. You're embracing what you've been running from for forever, how long you've been running from it. And your clothes are more fabulous. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. Well, they're more fabulous because they're more comforting in you. You know, exactly. I mean, that's for the that's mostly for the trans women. I'm sure the trans guys have, you know, that that feeling of of their of their coat or their tie or whatever it is for them. You know, I, everybody's a little different that way. But yeah, no, I am so happy to be wearing the the I mean, as I've said in the show, I'm a jeans and t-shirt girl and I am so happy to be wearing the girl jeans and t-shirts now because it's just so much more comfortable. Oh, I, like me, I I'm I'm more of a a leggings and uh, I like tunic tops. Okay, that's cool. But see, you have your your defined style. You know, that's what it's all about. Plus, I like ex- you know exploring some styles. I like you know putting on a dress when I can. Oh yeah, I mean, but I think there's this like almost like where you have to be like you go through that stage of, and I think we've we've talked about this before um, about. Uh, being ultra feminine like yeah there's a little bit of overcompensation because it's just so fresh and so new that you're trying to absorb everything and it all comes kind of out a little over the top and you just have to to you know it's good to let yourself explore but you know be realistic and and be find who you are you know if that's wearing a dress then by all means go for it if if you're like you and me, where it's leggings or jeans or uh, whatever, just do it. Do it. You know? Own it. Yeah, exactly. And I know some some of the, the trans women that, you know, well, I'm going to wear dresses because I wasn't able to for so long. I'm going to wear nothing but skirts and dresses. And I that's totally cool. I can, I can respect that. But I don't, for me personally, I don't like giving up the pockets. Just, I think it's probably because I'm I'm a parent, but I don't want to give up the pockets for you know a purse. Where's my purse all the time when you wear skirts and dresses? Unless you're lucky enough to get ones with pockets, and that doesn't happen all the time. Let's well, the, the you know, I've I've gone to leggings because you know I just love them, and um, the way I look at uh, the way girl jeans are made, the the pockets aren't good enough yeah the pockets are more shallow i will say that the pockets are more shallow took a little bit of getting used to i don't carry you know what i used to but i still carry things in my pocket uh, as long as it fits my phone that's that's my thing as long as it fits the phone i'm happy yep. i think leggings 
are more of a, uh, an East Coast, Midwest thing because they're not as popular out here. Well, I guess that's hard to say because we don't have that weird in-between weather. You know, we have shorts weather, and I mean, you know, normal shorts that go down to your knees or that sort of short or with mid-thigh, you might call it. And then the short, short shorts, you know, you got them all over the place here. And then bikinis because it's San Diego and the beach. So, so you've been out about a year now, you said, and, yep. and that's, it's it, so far, it seems like it's been a positive journey. Has there been any, any stumble blocks or negativity thrown at you in any fashion? You know, somebody didn't react to your coming out or, 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 I mean, just anything on that, that side of um, the spectrum? Yes, I've had like there's a couple family members um that um uh, have take taken a total dislike to me now. Are they family members that you see or well, used to see kind of frequently or just once in a while? Uh one is one I see frequently. Oh, that's got to hurt. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's mm. It's it's an aunt and um, for some reason, she just can't accept me and my transition. Well, some people can't. Some people can't. So she's an aunt. Is How much older is she from you? Or how she's, old is she? She's probably 60-something. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a different generation. This is totally foreign to them, this concept, this thought. Because back then, I think people were educated, geared to, oh, we don't talk about that. That doesn't exist. We don't talk about that. And you should never think about it or talk about it ever again. So you get these people that are stuck in their heads the rest of their lives thinking that transition or being the opposite gender was wrong. So just as you said, they did what they thought they were supposed to do and they never said or did anything in their lives. And they, you know, died peacefully <laughs> if, if, you know, if that's their journey from way in the past but but what gets me if it's a if it's an aunt aren't other family members uh in communication with this aunt that are on your side aren't they pro you to help her understand what you're going through well they've kind of you know like my mom is that her sister yes okay okay so the sisters are trying to talk yeah, my mom tries to get her to talk about it but she's just like you know she she'll act like nothing's wrong Oh, I don't oh, have I yeah. don't have a problem with 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 that you know, yeah. with that or or she puts it with him. Yeah, of course, of course. I don't have a problem with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Caitlin, I'm sorry. I, I know that type of person, and it's just so um, difficult to get through to them to to show them let them walk in your shoes for a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's 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 really hard. And I think it's back to that mentality of, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't think things that like that. That's wrong. That's bad. Don't do it. And they never do. And so they never allow themselves to think about it. Or if they do, it's in secret, secret, secret. And they never let it out. Which is just sad to think that people in our recent past... Had to live those lies. God, 
I'm so glad that we are able to step out. I mean, and I and I say this in our older age, middle age, 42, because we're not old, not at all, <laughs> but it's older, <laughs> not young anymore. But it's so wonderful that people like us are able to step up and say, yes, I am transgender. I am going to change my gender from this to that for us, male to female, and live my life because I know I want this and I can do this. And if you want to come with me, join the ride. If not, I'm sorry. I'm going to miss you, but I got to go. I can't, I can't stop for you. Yeah, it's amazing. Because think about it 100 years ago, 1915. I don't think there was very many trans people around then. And if they did, it was all secret society. It was all secret stuff. Get together at so-and-so's place every, you know, third Saturday or whatever. Yeah, some secret club or... Right, exactly. And the guys are going to go hunting. So the guys go all hunting for a weekend. And lo and behold, no, they're not hunting. They're dressing up. Of course, then how do you explain you don't ever bring anything home (laughs) if you don't go hunting? But that's a whole other story. I wonder if it would be harder for the women back then. Because... You hear stories of the guys going away for, you know, a hunting weekend or, you know, whatever, fishing weekend, camping weekend. But you don't really hear stories from, you know, 1915 of of women going out, you know, we're going to go, the ladies and I are going to go over to this place and do shopping or quilting or making jam or I don't, you know, fill in that blank that that, a large group of ladies would get together for. I'm trying to think of things from 1915. They would do homemaker stuff. We're going to go make pies. We're going to go make uh, jam, jelly, you know, those sorts of things is the only way I could see that a group of women would basically get together for the weekend without any men around so they could be free to be trans men. Of course, the term wasn't around then, but... You know, that's what we can call them today. Gosh, it's just so amazing that that, that, that our lives and lifestyles, will, we, we might surmise, was night and day from 100 years ago today. Oh, I, you know, it's just like it was more dressing than, you know, there wasn't hormones or, you Not know. Not really. Not really. But we're waxing poetic. So, so it's, it's so nice to hear another positive story. Because I don't know, in your searching of the internet to understand transgender and what your what your journey has been thus far, just as I've mentioned before in the show here, <laughs> did you see a lot of the of the I don't want to say just negative, but the sadness that was out there that was so seemingly uh, associated with transitioning? Oh yes, you would get the the. I mean, I think that that was my biggest fear when coming out. Because you would hear the horror stories of families uh, disowning their child or work not being accepting or, you know, just uh, the troubles that we once had to go through to, you know, get this surgery or to get this. Get access to hormones. Get the hormones. And the hormones weren't what they are now. The hormones are much more sophisticated now than they were then. I mean, the process I went through here in Chicago, uh, it was called uh, informed consent. Oh, yes, yes, informed consent. And I believe we had that here. It was three appointments. I went to the doctor, and 
they basically took blood. Am I healthy enough for for uh, hormones? Right. Then, then um, the next meeting was with a therapist, and you know, basically, am I of the right mind to make this decision to take hormones? And then the third phase was, you know, getting all the results. You know, okay, you know, the, the doctor basically telling you this is what hormones are going to do. These are the risks. These, you know, is this what you want? And then, you, yes, this is, you know, I want to transition. Right. Yeah, that's that's basically the nutshell is informed consent. You go, you prove that you are, that this is what you want, and you, you know, you sign off on it. But you tell them, yes, this is, I know this is going to happen. This is what I want. Here's my money and give me my you know, medical uh, needed drugs, yes. And outside of that, you need a therapist's letter stating, yes, I have gone over these facts with this patient. This patient represents and knows that this is the next step. And that needs to go to a doctor, and then the doctor usually sends you to an endocrinologist, which in that case, that's where the blood starts getting drawn, and that's where, okay, so we're going to need this. Here's your Here's your regime. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's more access to it now than I think people realize. The the, the thing is having it affordable. That's that's what it really boils down to. Yep. So I think that's going to be part of the next step. I I, I kind of sense that, but uh, it may take us a little longer to get there. But when they start realizing that you know HRT is, you know, not just an option, it's a necessity, it's a requirement. You know, when we, we are diagnosed, quote-unquote, by our therapist, which, you know, could be ourselves, hey, I am transgender, I'm going to go start taking HRT, I'm going to the informed consent facility and doing it just like you did. Or you go the process that I'm going through in therapy and then doctor and then referral. And... It's there. The problem is it's just a little pricey. And they got to make it a little more affordable for the everyday person because it's the people that have been dealing with this struggle for so long in their lives that it's overwhelmed them and, and almost almost run their lives that they can't really function at certain jobs. You know, they're, they're at low-functioning jobs. They, they they have a hard time being out in society because they just don't feel comfortable out in society. And, you know, maybe that deep down inside that they know they're transgender, but they don't see the option to transition because they are stuck in this sort of, you know, uh, non-upward-moving job. That's that's the mental health of a lot of, of a lot of people out there that can't face what they're facing whether it be gay or trans, I can talk about trans because I've, I've done a lot of reading and understanding. And it's those people that need to know, you can do it. You can do it. And if you're listening out there, I'm still learning who my listeners are. They're from all over the freaking world, Caitlin. I mean, mostly United States, but I see downloads from Canada, some Germany, uh, a couple in Mexico, Spain, I think, too. It's, it's, it's kind of strange. But uh, I know people are listening out there, and you know it may be different wherever you are. But it's it the the knowledge of knowing what being transgendered is is spreading, and that's the key because then the medical facilities are going to start backing that. 
And that's where I feel we are right now. It's just a process that we got to grin and bear it, you know? People like you and I, Caitlin, need to, you know, tell our stories about this has been our journey. This is our process. So as the, you know, younger generation comes forward and says, yes, I am transgender too, and I'm going to transition, they can give their feedback and say, yeah, you know what? Hey, this isn't, a, isn't you know, an option. I am required to take HRT. So don't charge me up the freaking wazoo for it. All right, off my soapbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it needs to be said, though. It does. It does. It really does. And and I think we're getting there. I was talking to my therapist recently, one of my recent uh, uh, meetings with her, uh, about how the world, I mean, we started with just in America, you know, knowing what t- being transgender is. At least in the basic, you know, definition. Oh, that's a transgender? Yeah, that's somebody changing their sexes. And that's somebody who doesn't know, but they're they're aware enough to understand that the individual that makes that statement is going from, in our case, male to female, and then for our brothers out there, female to male. So uh, at least the lowest denominator is aware of the basic definition. They may not be eloquent, but they understand it. Who knew what transgender was 10 years ago when I was searching for this information, when you were searching for this information? It just appeared out of nowhere, it seems. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the exact day I heard the term transgender and, and you know, that light bulb went off and the rainbows came down and, and the angels sang... Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I am so glad that that you are are experiencing a positive journey and want to share your story. So, when your books are ready, whether they're hard copy or or uh, downloadable electronic download like Kindle or what have you, let us know. Let me know, and we'll have you back on the show to promote it. Oh, totally cool! Thank you. Sure, yeah, of course, of course. Well, hey, we got to tra- help each other. We get we're trans sisters here. You know, you share the show. You've decided to come on, share your story. So when you're ready to share your story, why not? Why not give you a platform, a brand new author to talk about your pieces on a on a uh, deep personal level? By all means, by all means. Right now, it's uh, I had to totally redo my book. Yeah, you'll um, find that happens a few times. In the writing things I've done, I've loved it. I, I mean, I've wrote it, I wrote it, I rewrote it, I rewrote it. I have loved it. Three days later, come back, go, what is this shit? Did I write this? God damn. And start almost from scratch. Because it, it just wasn't the right time for me. Yep. Um to write because I still had that negativity. I still had that, you know, oh, my God, maybe it's not okay to be trans kind of thing because I think um, I've heard someone say it, say it, and I don't know who, so I don't, I'm not going to take credit for this, but it basically said that transition, even though we do take hormones, we do go through surgeries and all this other stuff. It's more of a personal journey, taking that negative side or aspect that we thought of being trans and totally owning it and being okay with it and turning that negative into a positive where we're okay with being trans and, you know, 
world, here we are. Exactly. Exactly. The world needs more people with that attitude, more trans people with that attitude. It's hard. But once you face it, once you, for me, it was kind of a fear. But once you faced it and faced it a few times, like when I was first going out full time as me, when I first openly transitioned, it was awkward. It was weird. There were times I kind of ran home, you know. But uh, the longer I did it, the more I did it. Now it's second nature. I almost don't think about it. But that was a fear. That was a struggle. And you just get over it and know that, okay, I did this and nothing else happened. I'm okay with this. Let's do this again. It's going to be easier the next time because I did it already. Exactly. And, and, you know, even with transition, you know, um, you're going to hit potholes. You're going to hit snags. You may have to... uh, seem like almost where you're stagnating for a little bit, but just know that, you know, um, at the end of it all that, you know, you will be that person, you know, whether it, because you have to postpone the, a facial surgery or, you know, we all have things, uh, about the way we look or the, um, the way our bodies are that we have to just come to accept and it's okay. You know, you're you. So, you know, you just have to, you know, be able to look yourself in the mirror and, and you know, even say to yourself, I love you just the way you are. You know, uh, I remember like the days of just that self-hatred, you know, looking yourself in the mirror and being like, Oh, you know, because you have this picture in your head that this is how you feel and that those pictures never really come together, you know, because, you know, you see yourself as so male. Oh, the facial hair, the – or, you know, for, for the women, it might be the, the breasts or – Right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you – have you heard episode – I think it's 23 – um, that one was, I've listened to all of them, so probably. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, in, in, for the secondary topic, I, t- I, I did the little kiss Ohio thing. That doesn't sound familiar to okay. me. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe go back and listen again. Now, it was, uh, um, yeah, I'm checking my notes right now. It's episode 23, the secondary topic, kind of short, sweet, right in the middle or right in, I guess it should be right in the middle. Of the episode, I talk about the kiss of K-I-S-S, which is keep it simple, silly. And then Ohio is oh, yeah, only yeah. handle it once. Well, the same can go. Same thing can be said for you with your uh, – go ahead and say it again. I love you. What was that, the last second part? It's just, you know, I love you and, and just for who you are. That's it. I love you for who you are. That's, that's another great mantra to have to stare yourself in the eyes. Uh, you know, because one of my big problems was I was never happy. I, you know, there we always tend to, you know, okay, well, I'll be happy once I come out. I'll be happy once I'm on HRT. I'll be happy when uh, – if you do those things, you're never going to be happy because there's always going to be there's You're chasing your out. tail. You're chasing your tail. There's always going to be something else. Yep. Exactly. You know, exactly. I'll be ready to put myself, 
you know, and we do it with a lot of different things. Sometimes it's, you know, whether we um, get involved with someone romantically, whether it be, um, you know, um, going to a support group meeting, like you feel like, you know, um, you're in the beginning of your transition. So, you know, these people you know, are going to see you and, you know, be like afraid of you because or think less of you because you're not as feminine as they are. And, you know, those support groups are there for, for, to help you to, you know, um, I remember the first couple I went to meeting, um, other trans people that, you know, pretty much completed their journey and just to have them say, you know, to learn the ropes through them, you know, cause I was having difficult times with, uh, my family, you know, they supported me, but it was just like, you know, there was the misgendering with pronouns and, you know, they don't call me by Caitlin and, you know, and they were able to help me, you know, you just got to give them time. You just got to relax. You know, this is a journey, like you've said, for them as well. Yeah, that's so, that's one of been one of the topics at the discussion groups here in San Diego as well about how family or close, close friends or what have you are really having a hard time with the appropriate gender, appropriate name. And, and, you know, if they're, if they're sincere, they're going to apologize. Now they may use it without even realizing. So you pointed out, Hey, do you know, you called me by the previous name (laughs) and, and usually what I've experienced is, Oh, I'm so sorry. It's when they, when they're malicious about it, that's when it matters. When they're like, you know what, I don't give a flying rat's fuck, and I'm still going to call you by your birth name or or birth pronoun or whatever their little thing is. I'm going to call you it. Uh, okay, well, it's not as bad as the original pronoun, but it's still pretty bad. You know, it's like my family's trying, and, you know, sometimes I get called by my, my male name, and sometimes I get called... Caitlin. Sometimes it's he, sometimes he's she, you know, and a lot of times they correct themselves as they do it. I just know my family is trying. You right. know, there are there is uh like two members in my family that don't try. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, and um Every once in a while, you know, I take it for what it is, you know, and one person is my grandmother. Um, You know, she's like 92 years old. So she's, you know, I know this isn't going to change, but, you know, it's just like, um, to be honest, you know, I don't know how long she's going to be around, but I don't want to those last couple of years or, you know, if she's with us another 10, 20 years, I don't want to be those years fighting with her. So I just kind of take it for what it is. Every once in a while, she'll call me by my male name or um, – and I'll correct her. You know, she doesn't like it when I correct her, but I, I feel better about it. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. It's, it, it, you've got to take everybody on a case-by-case scenario. I mean, yeah, there's going to be the malicious people out there, but you still have to take them on a case-by-case scenario. And if they're not going to change because of it, well, then maybe you change a little to not include them. But with people like your grandmother, who's 92, 
you got to cut some slack because, let's face it, how much longer will she be around? And if she is around another 10 or 20 years, as you said, by the time 20 years goes around and she's still coherent enough to use your improper name, which she may just continue out of constant habit, but let's face it, by then, you will definitely not look how you look right now, you know, provided that you keep on HRT. <laughs> but if she's still calling you a he by then, then she just, she's, you know, not getting it. <laughs> but, you know, at 118, or I think, would be, that's quite an accomplishment of its own. So, okay, proud enough for you on that. Yeah, you can call me whatever you want to call me. So, but uh, but if it's your neighbor, then no, that's not cool. <laughs> But you kind of said that in your your last episode. You do have to uh, make choices. Are is this a relationship you want to keep? Well, with my grandmother, it is. You know, I know she loves me. I know she accepts me, and she's trying, but she just doesn't understand. Um, I don't think she totally understands what it is to be transgender. Um, you know, because she definitely comes from another totally different generation. She's she's of the youth we were talking about just a few minutes ago from, you know, 100 years ago, 1915. Not that she's that old, but that can't be too far off from her uh, from her birth year. But, you know, she just I think she has it in her head. And uh, me and my mom have talked about this, that she just thinks I'm flamboyantly gay. And but, she, well, you know, that would fit for the generation. And so she just doesn't un- understand, and and I take it for what it is, because you know um, she's family, and you know my aunt on the other hand, well she's malicious about it, and you know so it's just kind of like I keep her at uh, arm's length, and and when we see each other, it's just like you know I'll go into the other room, or kind of there's that avoidance, because um, I just don't want to be the one starting the trouble. And those that those makes are, sense. Those are just decisions that we as trans people have to make. We have to look at our relationships and go, you know, is this is, you know, it's that cuz, you know, um, I have lost friends. You know, there are family members who don't accept me, but it's there are so many more that do. Yeah, so, exactly. So, you know, I remember having uh, some some friends who are female girlfriends uh, bring me clothes, you know, when I was – when I first came out because I was like not working and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was great. And, you know, so I was able to uh, dress and, you know, have some different clothes and and that kind of thing. And – you know, it was a slow process, uh, but I got myself back to school. I am now working and got a job, and and you know, I did it. So I know other trans people can do it. You know, um, I work in the medical field as a medical biller. Uh, we bill the insurances for the doctors and and uh, stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's not a hard field to get into, and. Uh, the especially with uh, 
you know, the changes in our healthcare system, I mean, uh, will be around for a while and needed. I mean, there's whether whatever you're you're into or, you know, just go back to school, get yourself that job that's going to support you through your transition and and, you know, find a field that is very accepting of trans people, whether, you know, no matter what it is, it could be medicine. It could, you, I don't know. There's, there's so many fields out there that are, that are open to, to trans people because they deal with them, you know? Um, and if you're in an area that's not very trans inclusive, um, try to find, you know, move to a place that, that is exactly that's part of the checklist is you gotta move to a place that is so if if i have young listeners if you're if you're trans and you're scared about your family finding out try to go to a college that is accepting of lgbt and you'll find friends and support and everything you're going to need once you get to college there so that's going to be your focus for your checklist is get to a place like that and then make from there make your next checklist. Exactly. I just I just hope that we have that youthful audience out there. I hope I do. I, I should I got to check the Facebook uh, uh, feedback thing on the, my page because it tells the percentage of male female listeners. But then again, that's dependent upon how the person identifies. So you know if there's a lot of males out there they may be people that are pre-transition i don't know then they or they might also be trans men i don't know because i don't see the details i just see the percentages I, the last time i looked there was more people in our age range and slightly younger by 10 years than anywhere else it's, it's kind of weird you know but i'm sure that there's young listeners and um uh, that are just finding themselves and and Having, because because once you find yourself saying that you are trans or thinking that you're trans, the there is that like where like we talked about this before where you want it now, and that's when you have to kind of stop, relax, and come up with a plan. Okay, am I in a place job wise? You know, because like the one book um, I read said be ready to lose everything when you come out yeah i i remember reading that and hearing that and that was one of my fears that was one of my biggest things to do is like okay be prepared to lose everything that you have and i remember looking around thinking i don't really have that much i don't know if i'm prepared and exactly if yeah i mean because you don't know who's going to accept you and who's not going to accept you and um you know, uh, how work is going to, you know, um, for the longest time, I set out little feelers, you know, for my boss and my coworkers and, you know, to see if they would be accepting. So uh, the day that I did come out, you know, it, you know, my boss was like, he thought it was like I was the neatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, you know? I had a, I had one friend who I hope is listening. She said she would. I have one friend that was so excited that I was her first transgender friend. I, I, I took it as just a wonderful thing because of her personality, and I know her. And I know hearing it from the outside could sound negative. Oh, she was, oh. No, it's just she 
is so she she she's in tune with culture, and so for her to be able to say I'm even closer to that culture excites her, and it and she's just so been so supportive. It's awesome. So you know who you are. Not going to name you. Know that I love you. So sorry tangent. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting when, when people you come out to are really excited that you're living who you are and excited that you came out. I noticed that when I came out, there was a good handful of people that were so excited. In fact, some were like, okay, it makes sense. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm glad you think it makes sense. I just discovered this. How could you tell? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of my family did that. It was just like, you know, like when I came out to my mom, she was just like, you know, um, she was just kind of like, oh, my God, everything makes sense now. You know, what you did as a younger kid, how you are, that kind of stuff, it just all fell into place for her. Now she understood, you know. Um, and Well, let's hope that her conversations with her sister get through to her sister. I don't think that's ever going to come, but, you know, it's I can hope for it. You yeah, know, we can it, wish. We can hope. I mean, you're not basing your life around it, but we can wish and we can hope. And we can also – we also know that that they have a journey, they have a transition, and it takes time. So let some time pass, and we'll, we'll check in with her later sort of deal. That's, that's the way I look at it with some of the people that kind of gave me that same shoulder. Um some some were, some of my family was like, well, if that makes you happy, and they used my birth name, and they referred to me with the male pronouns, even though I was presenting female at that part in, in point in time. So, okay, I see them. I, I think I've mentioned this in the show. I know I, I'm experiencing deja vu of saying this. You, 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 people, you get, some people you don't see unless it's a funeral or a wedding. So that's the type of relationship I have with that family. And okay, it may not be the best. It may not be wonderful, but that's how it is. It's not like we're close. It's not like we live in the same city. It's not like I'm making an attempt because they live 20 miles away. No, they are, I think, about 1,500 miles away from me. So I don't see them frequently, if ever. So it is what it is. But the one friend that is local that kind of turned uh, the, uh, their back on me really was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that because of that because that person was well, I shouldn't say was is homosexual, gay, and for them to turn their back on me as a trans person, I mean, I kind of get it now. Because some people talk, you know, that how homosexual men especially uh, don't understand trans women because they think they're just men in disguise or denying themselves or whatever. They don't grasp that, well, the thing that makes us want to transition. They don't grasp that. And and I was told this in, in after the fact. So it makes sense knowing that he was is a gay man and not really accepting. But then uh, a co-friend of ours (laughs) uh, is very accepting, who's also gay, male. So I I don't quite get it. I don't quite understand it. But that was the one person that I was really shocked that did turn their back on me. I mean, water under the bridge, you know, I didn't cry about it. I didn't lose any sleep about it. But I was really shocked. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Crazy. It is. And, you know, it's, it, I had people like that too, where, you know, I, they were like open, open-minded people and shocked me that they couldn't handle the fact that I was going to transition. And then you have the people that turn around and are like, oh, yeah, hey, I know another trans woman. So, oh, okay. Wow. Great. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's amazing the response. So I guess, I guess what I want to tell listeners at this point is realize that even though it feels like you're alone in fear of, of that acceptance of the close family and friends, know that through co-experiences between myself and Caitlin here, we have both experienced the people that we thought would be very supportive show that they weren't. And the people that we thought that wouldn't be supportive show that they are. So people will surprise you. And the the key, I think, for me is to find that one person who will accept you no matter what. And that's the second person you come out to. Because the first person is you. <laughs> but find that second person. And that second person might be at your local LGBT center in a trans discussion group of some sort. Because that's the next step. For you, if that is what it is. For some, it's talking to their best friend, their cousin, you know, their, their neighbor, their co-worker, whatever it is specifically to you. Find the next step. Have a checklist. That's good advice because, like, I came out to my aunt before my family because um, this is my dad's uh, sister. Because I was she's just always- about to ask that. Okay, the other aunt. <laughs> the other aunt. And because she's you know, kind of always been a really good, um, you know, person I would confide in and, and that kind of thing. And, um, she was just kind of like, you know, so like no big deal, you know? And once I got over that person, you know, I had this person behind me now. So then it just, you know, I slowly, told more and more people and um, you know you can use those people that are on your side to help others that might be not so or on the fence maybe where they might not understand a grandparent uh, you know like talk to maybe a a sister who might be uh, more willing to accept you so that she can help you when you tell your mom or your dad or uh, a friend, you know, someone. Right, you can- right. You need to have that that cheerleader is is a good way to put it on your side. Somebody that that loves you, that supports you in your chal- in your transition, in your change, in your journey to basically be there to for when you tell others that look, I'm okay with this. This is what's making her, in, in our case, happy. So you should jump on board too. And and that's 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 if that's one of the big things you need to find. I mean, if you don't have it, it's gonna be you can do it. It's just a little more of a challenge, You're, uh, because you've got to be your own cheerleader. And and when when you do have those that those supporters that are like, oh yeah, hey, good for you. 
those will be your cheerleaders and ha- and have them be your cheerleaders. They're out there. You'll find them. It just it may be a little different process. And uh, well, hell, you may even find a kind of secret uh, supporter in an online community. So there's therapy in all forms out there, and uh, you'll find it. You're not alone. Not at all. Yep, the internet is a big, big place. Oh, yeah. Well, the internet has made the world a very small place. Very small place. And I think that is has been a catalyst for a lot of the changes that we do see with the LGBT community. Because oh, absolutely. Because we're 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 a closer knit group, whether we be um, in the same city or. Um, well, you are you and I are like two thousand or twenty two hundred miles away. I don't really know the distance between you know San Diego and Chicago, but it's something like that. And we connected. Exactly. I mean, it's just it, it happens. Um, you one know, of my biggest fans, one of my biggest internet friends, is from uh, 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 Nebraska, and she only became a friend because she was a fan of my previous podcast and really liked the show and told me so in 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 private message, and so we hit it off. And ever since then, which is I oh, forgive me. You know who you are, but forgive me if I can't remember how long, but it's been like three years because I think I think it happened right before Drew was born, and Drew is almost three years. So, so yeah, it's creeping up to that time. Uh, and she, when I came out, she was so supportive. You, you'll find a cheerleader. You'll find that support out there, and it, it may only be through the Internet, but that's a start. I remember when I first came out to my aunt, um, she told now, me which about was this. This is the uh, mom, sister, dad, sister, dad, sister, the dad, good aunt. sister, the good aunt. Okay, the positive um, aunt. Well, we won't say good because I'm sure I'm sure your other aunt is good. She's just a little negative on the uh, choice of living as transgender. Yes, she told me a story about a family member um, that had passed. Um, I'm not going to name the person or uh, what relation to me, but. Um, Told me that this person was a crossdresser. Yeah. Okay. And the fact that this person in my life, I I knew, and was like this um, manly man, fisherman kind of person, and um, but yet he, in a way, was like me. Um, made me feel like. I I was like speechless when this person told me, you know, because, you know, again, you feel so alone. You feel so segregated, different, you know, but to, to have, you know, another family member, you know, not saying that they were trans, but uh, even a, a crossdresser was, you know, different than the gender binary that we we so hold to heart uh these days right right yeah no it's uh 
Well, the, the term cross-dresser is slightly antiquated, but it's very specific. It's very specific. I think it has a very specific definition because there are, and I talked about this in a, in a very early episode about finding balance in your life. Because if you identify as a cross-dresser, and I'm I'm speaking to the boys that like to dress as girls and the girls that like to dress as guys, if being a cross-dresser on occasion, once a month, twice a month, something like that, is a great way that you like to express yourself. And maybe it's public, maybe it's private, whatever it is for you. If that is balance for you, you found it. Yay, good for you. Do your thing when you want to, how you want to, with whoever you want to, whether that's alone or not, and enjoy your life. There's nothing wrong with that. However, if you start having other thoughts of transition or anything like that, living full time or, you know, uh, going stealth, if that's a thought, you know, that whole thing, if that's, if that's creeping into your thoughts, then by all means, find the, the support group, be able to talk to somebody about it. And it's out there. It, it, it might be just on the internet, but you'll find it and you'll, you'll get there. It's one step at a time, one day at a time, and you got to have a plan. You got to you make sure that you can go from one to the next. That's that's the biggest thing that I know that Caitlin and I can share as far as to, to journey, to transition. Of course. You know, it's it's not going to be an overnight process. This is nothing ever is. There's nothing that happens overnight, even if it's an operation. That, you know, is supposed to make you dramatically lose weight, for example, <laughs> or something to correct your facial feature or your chest region or even your crotch region is not an overnight process. There is healing involved. There's steps to do before. So it's not overnight. Yes, the operation happens overnight. You go to sleep, you then you wake up and you're different. Yes, okay, that is the overnight concept. But now look to the next six months, year. There is rehabilitation, there is there is relearning of things, there is there is a healing process that goes on, and that's part of it. So it's not overnight. Nothing is. Yep. You have to relax and let it come as it, it you know, your transition is going to happen at its pace, you know, and you and it can't may not happen as fast as you want, but you got, you got that net next checklist item to, to look forward to and work towards. And I think I mentioned this, forgive yourself if you don't make it at your assigned deadline. So readjust the deadline, keep true to yourself, forgive yourself, pass yourself on the back and do it again. Oh yeah, because I've I've had many uh, trans people get down on themselves because they were saving for a surgery or something, and all of a sudden the car broke, or they needed a new furnace, or you know just life stuff happened. Well, where forget a forget an operation. You're saving for a dress or an outfit or a purse or something, a jewelry. And then the car goes out, the furnace, as you explained, you know, those things of life happen. You know, that could happen to anybody regardless of trans. I've known so many people that were saving up for a big vacation for whatever it was, and then something big had to happen, and their vacation was gone. So I, I get that. That happens regardless of, of trans status or not. 
unfortunately, we have a lot more things that we need to plan and save on, but that's part of the journey. That's part of it. And you can't be afraid of it. You can't run from it. You have to embrace it and accept it. It's That's what it is. Exactly. What I like to, to ask is the Bernard Pivot questions, which everyone recognizes from inside the actor's studio with James Lipton that was on the Bravo network. I don't know if it's still there, but I know you can buy, buy episodes on, uh, well, iTunes for one, Amazon for another. And it's basically 10 in-depth questions, random out there, obscure questions that, that are best answered off the cuff, right off the top of the head. Uh, so basically the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first one, you'll enjoy this. What is your favorite word? Tranquility. Tranquility? Yes. Good one. Now, what is your least favorite word? Ignorance. Now, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I just, just the uh, creative process. Like, uh, whether it be um, like someone writing a book or music or. Um, podcasts uh, exactly that that process from an idea that's in their head to the finished product is is just amazing to me like taking that thought and turning it into something beautiful okay and now what turns you off creatively spiritually or emotionally I think it's like hatred, just utter ignorance and hatred when uh, people are just so stuck in the mud that that they're not willing to open up their mind. Uh, um, yes, to, yes. To new ideas. Yeah, they're they're everywhere, and uh, they cause havoc for everyone I've ever met. Uh, but there's not much we can do about it, and we can try to educate them, but they're only going to get as far as they get. Exactly. Now, this next one is usually everyone's kind of favorite one, but what is your favorite curse word? Hell. Oh, hell. So you're going more on the cleaner side instead of like the, uh, as, as George Carlin says, the seven words you can't say on television. Yeah, because... Uh... From growing up, swear words never sounded right coming out of my mouth. Not that I didn't swear or anything. It just doesn't – it just never sounds right. I understand that. There are times to swear and there are times not to. In referencing George Carlin, he was one of the beautiful people that knew when to curse and not just gratuitously curse. Yeah, he, Sometimes he would gratuitously curse, but he was using it gratuitously as a tool but right. he was always very select. I've always enjoyed his stuff. Next question is, what sound or noise do you love? The, the sound of my cat purring. That's a good sound. Now, what sound or noise do you hate? I'd have to say the, uh, the alarm clock. Yeah, 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 I, <laughs> yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Of course, the, the obvious answer I would say is a writer, but... Uh, um, since I am attempting that, um, I'm not going to use that. Uh, a therapist. Now, what profession would you not like to do? I don't think I could be a pedi pediatrician, like working uh, with kids. Yeah, that's that would be tough. 
um, just because like seeing like a sick kid and no, that that's something I just couldn't do. Okay, now this is the last one. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Great job, Caitlin. Thank you so much for being on the show, Caitlin. You, this has been so awesome to find a, a trans sister that is so similar to my same journey. It's, it's amazingly awesome, so thank you so much. Oh, if you have a question or a comment for Caitlin, just leave it on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast, and uh, like us if you're there. <laughs> but go ahead and post, and uh, I'll make sure that Caitlin sees it. Well, thank you for having me. It was great. All right, Caitlin, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. And yes, we will have you back when your book is ready. You just get in touch with me. I'm excited. Very, very excited. And I realized I probably should have mentioned this earlier in the show, but we're going to skip the 30-day challenge and whatever little bits of things I do for the secondary topics just so this episode doesn't run for forever. (laughs) And now we're going to move right into, well, hey, Farmer John and the I Love Bacon Band, give us some more music. Yeah, listener feedback. Good old listener feedback. Love it. Love it. Listener feedback. Um, Okay, so this one, this listener feedback, it's kind of a strange listener feedback, but it's still a listener feedback nonetheless. Um, I don't remember which episode it was. It was probably about six or seven ago, maybe as many as ten. I do not remember. (laughs) But I mentioned uh, in listener feedback, I mentioned our Stitcher ratings and rankings. Holy cow. This particular, the Stitcher, I don't, Stitcher must be drunk because, listen to this, on the 9th of March, I was at 4192, pretty good, pretty good ranking, above 5,000. On the 16th of March, I was 8,868, I dropped 4,000 points, I don't know, whatever. Then on the 23rd of March, I jumped up to 7718, only a thousand points or so. Then, on the 30th, seven days later, I plummeted to 9,822. And then the most recent one that I have, as of this recording, as of the 10th of April, I am even further down on the list, 9883. So, if you're a Stitcher user, all I can say is please use the thumbs up little icon there. And if you can, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook. That's the best way to get those Stitcher rankings up again. Not that it really matters that much to me. I just think it's kind of crazy to drop 4,000, 5,000 points in basically a month. (laughs) So I don't know what's going on with Stitcher. All right, next listener feedback. Now, this one I should have done probably last episode, but with production schedule, as I've mentioned in the past, it was a little crazy and hectic. Even this episode's a little crazy and hectic. But I got a fantastic, wonderful comment on the Facebook page by a Brittany MD. No, it doesn't stand for medical degree, medical doctor. No, no, not that. Those are initials. We do things semi-anonymously here. So Brittany MD posted on the Facebook page, 
I am loving listening to your show. I've just binged my way through all past episodes, and I feel so close. We've experienced so much along the same lines. I can't wait to hear more. Well, Brittany, you're the type of person, just like I, Caitlin is the type of person, and I'm the type of person that I make this show for. If I was a listener, this is the type of show that I would be wanting to listen to as a trans woman, newly out trans woman. And, and I, but with my, well, I don't know, creativity and, and gregariousness and, I don't know, other adjectives that I can't really think of right now, I'm putting this show together. And you and people like you and Caitlin, you're the people. And everybody else that I've mentioned in listener feedback in the past, Porter and uh, Christina and a few others that have reached out to me that I'm drawing blanks on off the top of my head, you know who you are, because I've mentioned you before. You're the people that I make this show for. Because when you put responses like that out there back to me, the circle is complete, and I am happy. And that's why we do the show. And when I say we, I mean the royal we, me. Wow. Okay. All right. Farmer John and the I Love Bacon Band has started the closing music there. So I guess it's time to start wrapping things up. Holy cow, this show has moved right along. Uh, again, lastly, once again, thank you. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for being on the show. Next episode is going to be titled, A Little Confidence Goes a Long Way. We're going to talk about confidence or faux confidence and, and how that really helps those crazy little tiny moments, at least for me. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. And if we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, 
please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Thank you, good night, and remember...